How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Wednesday, December 11th, and we have got updated NFL power rankings. This episode coincides with an article up there on Stampede Blue, uh, where I write for the Indianapolis Colts for SB Nation, one of my league-wide articles that I put out every week, giving you my thoughts on uh, the way that the league is shaping out. And we're in the middle uh, of week 14 and 15 right now, heading on into three final weeks of the regular season. We've got our final Thursday night football of the season uh, coming up tomorrow night. I always forget to put my phone on vibrate, if you heard that. Uh, So we've got that coming up. Um, Really not a a great slate of games coming up this weekend. You know, the the biggest one um, being, you know, the matchup between the Texans and the Titans um, for control of the AFC South. Uh, I I get that the Steelers have a Sunday night football game against the Bills. Those are two playoff teams. That game is going to end like 12 to 9 or like a 15 to 9. It's going to be low scoring. Not going to be that interesting of a primetime game, but there are some real bad ones, and we'll go into that Friday for our betting episode too, just taking a look when I make some game picks and we'll break out the games, and there's a there's a bunch of really bad ones. Um, and then so we'll have that Friday. Thursday we'll do some league-wide topics, uh, taking a look at some recent news. We might dive in a little bit to the Patriots' latest scandal, of course, uh, trying to potentially cheat and uh, and get some some footage of the 1-12 Cincinnati Bengals ahead of their matchup this weekend. Um, we'll take a look at that, maybe some other things across the league as well. And, uh, and then, yeah, we'll start the whole damn thing over again on Monday. So today we're going to go from 32-1, to 1, taking a look at my updated power rankings. Um, a few teams I'll spend a little bit more time on, a few teams I'll just choose to skimp or pass. If, if I've got the same notes for them, Every week, there's no real reason uh, for me to say much more. Um, some teams that maybe have had you know great changes over the last couple of weeks will, of course, talk about that. But um, that's kind of how I'll break up how much time I really give to each team. And so we'll start right off at 32. I had them at 31 last week, uh, but I've got the Cincinnati Bengals back to the last spot. Only reason I had them up last week is because they, they got their first win over the Jets, and I was just feeling really mean to Jets fans. So... I put them uh, put them down to 32 last week, but the Bengals uh, got their way back there, losing to the Browns. Still 1-12. They're right in the position they want. Secure the first pick, draft Joe Burrow, move onward and upward in 2020. Um, and yeah, that's really all I've got to say about Cincinnati. They get New England this week, so another loss. They should finish the season 1-15, maybe 2-14, but you really don't want to risk giving up that first overall pick. Uh, Bengals at 32. One spot ahead of them, and one spot down from last week. I had them at 30, uh, so they're down to 31. The New York Football Giants, 2-11. and 11. Kind of the same scenario uh, with the Bengals. You really don't want to screw up and not get the second overall pick. So in a way, yes, I really would have wanted to see Eli Manning uh, take down the Eagles, get above 500 on the season. Now he's below. Now he's probably going back to the bench if Daniel Jones is healthy and ready to play. Um, but right now for the Giants, secure that number two pick, take the best player in the draft, Chase Young, get your ge- your your generational talent at the uh, on the defensive line at the edge position. Uh, let a guy like Leonard Williams walk in free agency. Let him get big money elsewhere. Um, spend some money on your secondary offensive line. Uh, they're in the position where they need to be. 
uh, 31 in the power rankings, uh, secure that number two overall pick, get a new head coach in there, and uh, and yeah, kind of just like the Bengals, try and see what you can do next year. Giants at 31. Up two spots to number 30, I've got the New York Jets at 5-8, and eight, and this is kind of a situation, I've got a couple teams here where I'm not taking a look at their record, I don't care what the record is, I know the Jets are 5-8, and eight. they've got one fewer win than the division-leading Dallas Cowboys right now, but based on, I guess, their current structure and future outlook, uh, I think things are as gloomy as can be with the Jets. Uh, there are reports that Gase uh, may, might want to move on from Le'Veon Bell and Jamal Adams this offseason. Um, there's talk about how internally, and it might not come from Gase, there are people wondering if Sam Darnold is the franchise quarterback and uh, if you know any of my work, I've never been uh, fully confident that he is, but there are reports coming out that there are some people internally that are a little concerned. So if you take a look at that, they've already promised that Adam Gase will be returning as the head coach next year. So you've got a bad head coach coming back, one that may want to move on from its two best players, uh, best player on offense, best player on defense, and uh, and there's just a whole lot of confusion. I don't like it. I think the Jets are a mess. So despite the 5-8 and eight record, I have them 30th in my power rankings. I just think that they have a whole slew of problems uh, heading into the offseason. Up to 29, and I had them at 29 last week. So staying put um, are the Washington Redskins. Um, look, it hasn't been great, but they've put together three weeks of football that are uh, something to look at. They beat Detroit. Uh, they came back down 14-0 and beat the Carolina Panthers, and then they only lost to the Packers by five. You know, the Redskins, they haven't looked great in those three games, and they're not a good football team, but, um, you know, you liked what you saw from the running duo with Geis and Peterson, and now it seems like Geis may be out for the rest of the season just to, to, be, um, to be cautious with his legs and his knees. Seems to be an MCL sprain. Um, Dwayne Haskins hasn't looked great. He's looked okay. And uh, the defense, the front seven's always been good. The back end isn't great. Um, but they've been able to stay close in the last few weeks, and especially this past Sunday against a, a visiting Packers team that I consider to be one of the, one of the best in the NFL. Um, I, was, I was impressed by how the Redskins have strung together some games recently. Now, it's still a team where I could take a look at a number of things you need to address this offseason. Of course, you got head coach. Um, it seems like your team president may be on his way out. Uh He's kind of, this is kind of the football version of the Knicks where it's, you know, Dan Quinn sell the team or Dan Snyder, sorry, sell the team. Uh, but uh, Redskins at 29, I guess I'm sort of impressed with how they've looked over the last month or so. At 28 and down three spots from last week, and they are continuing to just disappoint, uh, are the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, one of the teams uh, in the AFC that I was most wrong about, I thought that this team with Nick Foles, um, and at the time, a very good defense heading into the season. I thought that they could contend for the AFC title. They're now at 4-9, and nine, um, and it's crazy to think about how this team, two years ago, less than two years ago, was in the AFC Championship, um, and while their offense definitely has had its problems, it's once prolific defense. This was the best defense in football. It was allowing 35 points a game over the last five weeks. And that's against guys like Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett. Um, this past week, who was it? The Jaguars played. It'll come to my mind eventually. They played the Chargers. Chargers put up 45 on them with Phillip Rivers. Um, this speaks volumes to, to Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin at a point now where I, I thought both of them were getting a, had a really good defense in there, a physical football team. 
Now, of course, injuries, trading Jalen Ramsey, switch things up a little bit, and you have to pivot, but they haven't done well pivoting. And now we're 4-9 uh, after, you know, being a quarter of football away from making the Super Bowl a couple years back. So Jacksonville at 28, massively disappointed with them this season. At 27 and up one spot from 28 last week, I've got the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, uh, they, they beat the Jaguars by, what, 35 points. Um, not not entirely impressed, you know, how bad I think of the Jaguars, as I just was saying. Um, and they're kind of like the Jets, where, yeah, I'll take a look at your record, but I don't really care much about it. They're 5-8. They're and eight. They're the same situation. They've got one less win than the division-leading Cowboys. Um, but they've only beaten one team that's currently inside the playoffs, and that was the fluke game where... Uh, where the Ro- where the Rodgers, where the Packers just came flat to Los Angeles, and they've only got uh, wins, two wins over teams that currently have a winning record. So um, they're beating up on some bad teams. You know, they've gotten teams like the Colts to start the season. They beat the Jags recently. They've beaten some bad football teams. So given also that mixed with the state of where they're at heading into the offseason, moving on from Phillip Rivers, you've got really... Nothing, they've got special players, but it just for some reason isn't gelling together. Like, they've got great skill players, offensive line is a little rough, the front seven isn't great, you got some studs on the on the edge, but defensively and at the linebacker position, it's not great. You've got Derwin James, who's missed a lot of this season. Something, it just, something just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like a contending franchise right now, and then when you mix in the fact that they don't really have a home field advantage, they don't have a city that, that wants to watch them play football games... Um, there's just a, a lot organizationally that is dysfunctional, and for that reason, I've got them as low as 27, uh, despite a 5-8 and eight record. Up a spot ahead of them, and I now when I look at it, probably could have had this team uh, below the Chargers, but at 26, I've got the Detroit Lions. Um, they weren't able to do much of anything against the Vikings. Uh, they haven't been able to do much of anything in the last month or so, but when you take away your franchise quarterback, your playmaking running back. Marvin Jones just went out for the season. Um, what are you What are you supposed to expect? I'm not blaming Matt Patricia yet, but I will say if Stafford, on Johnson, Marvin Jones, everyone comes back healthy next year, they have some uh, good free agent class, strike a little well in the draft, and they're still as bad as they are defensively next year, then I start to hit the panic button on Matt Patricia. Because uh, we haven't seen a lot from his defense. I've, I've given him some time. I've been patient. But next year, I think if you've got everyone back healthy and you have another year under your belt where you're going through the draft, you're signing free agents, and you don't make another jump to, to at least be around the same likeness of the Bears and the Vikings and the Packers, then I'm worried about Matt Patricia. I wouldn't give up this season. I'd give him one more year. But um, so far now, they, they've continued to fall after... God, I mean, I forget what the record was... They started off hot, and since then it's just been awful. But now at 3-9-1, I've got them all the way down to 26. This is my anti-Jets and Chargers. Uh, and I've got them at 25, despite a 3-10 and record, but I got the Miami Dolphins. Look, I, I love what they're building. Um, I feel great about the future in Miami. They've got three first-round picks this year. If you can go out there and say, say the, the top three needs are you get your franchise quarterback... You get him a wide receiver, it's a great wide receiver class, and then maybe you get him one of the better defensive uh, pass rushers in the draft class, or you go on offensive line. Those are three solid picks, kind of in a in a way that we saw the um, 
the Raiders attacked the draft last year. Now, they went safety. They didn't take a quarterback, and they took a uh, running back instead of a wide receiver. But having those three first-round picks, getting them in there together, it's a strong class. And so for the Dolphins, if you can head into next season, you've already got the head coach that players love to play for. You see it every single week. He's a fired-up coach, and I think he's going to be great um, for, for the next decade or so. Uh, and then you can start getting in some of those star players that you hit on in the draft. I think the Dolphins are set for success uh, in the next decade. You're, you don't see the wins now because the talent is so sparse. Spare? Uh, ooh, that just sounded weird. Because the roster is is lacking talent. But once you get those guys in there, they're still going to want to play for, for Brian Flores just as bad as they do now. And when you get that mixed with some talent, uh, they'll, they'll make a push up. And so I love where the Dolphins are heading. I know they got a 3-10 and 10 record, but I got them at 25. 24, and uh, down seven spots uh, this week. Um, and I probably should have had them around this this low last week. But I've got the Carolina Panthers. Um, now with Ron Rivera out, uh, with reports that Cam Newton is probably on his way out, they are going to look to trade him this offseason. Um, there are a ton of different ways that the Panthers can take this. Do they want to get a coach that's kind of like Ron Rivera, defensive-minded, a vet, a guy that's been around and is a, is a good leader in Mike McCarthy. Do they want to switch things up and go the younger route that we've seen the last few years? I think that that's where they tend to go. Um, David Tepper, their new owner, has said a lot about they, they want to revamp and go into the analytics age with this franchise. And I think doing so would try and convince a Matt Rule down in Baylor or a... Um, why can't I remember his name? Uh, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, maybe one of those younger um, college coaches. Maybe it's enough to get them up into the NFL. Um, Twenty-four, they've they've completely fallen off of from where they were at five and three. I mean, just just two months ago, they were right in the playoff hunt. Um, they're just losing to bad teams now. Uh, this past week, losing to Car- or Atlanta for the second time this season. Panthers just focus on the offseason, heading in the right direction with a new head coach, a new quarterback, and a new, really, a new look on the franchise for 2020. I've got the Panthers at 24. One spot ahead of them and up four spots this week are the Atlanta Falcons, the 4-9 Falcons at 23. Um, kind of like the Panthers, they have a real good chance of flipping the entire look of the team this offseason. You know, kind of like what we see, and I... Trust me, I hate talking politics, but I'll say it. When you've got, you know, you'll switch every eight years. You kind of go from you just polar opposites. You go Democrat, Republican, Democrat, Republican. You go back and forth. Uh, I think with the Falcons moving on from Dan Quinn, um, who's a defensive-minded coach, I think they're just going to want to try something new and make that offensive-oriented. Um, and so I think they're going to be a guy that goes out there too and maybe can get one of these younger uh, coaches. I mean, you think about how good Matt Ryan was with a guy like Kyle Shanahan. Now there's no guarantee that you're going to get your next Kyle Shanahan, but I think getting an offensive-minded guy in there that can preach his style of football um, could could see an upswing for that offense uh, that, that already has a lot of talented players on it. Um, and then given that and Dan Quinn's defense continuing to be a thing of the past, um, I, I just think that they've got a... A whole new direction to look forward to in 2020. Still a bad football team. Still probably, to me, the biggest letdown of this season. I expected a lot out of them heading into the year. Um, but 4-9, and nine, I, I, the way that they've been able to string together some divisional wins in the last month, I've got them up to 23. At 22, uh, the Arizona Cardinals at 3-9-1. and one. Um, Basically, oh, wait. 
Do I have that right? Yeah, I got that right. I thought I had everybody's records wrong. The Arizona Cardinals, 3-9-1. Almost had enough to take down Pittsburgh. Um, And and I'll talk about Pittsburgh in just a little bit. But uh, too many turnovers and and sacks. You know, that's the thing. If you can't keep Kyler Murray upright long enough, and the the Pittsburgh Steelers put pressure on every quarterback, but when you have a bad offensive line to uh, complement it, it just, it, when it rains, it pours. And so Kyler didn't really have a lot of time. He was forcing some errant throws, had some bad turnovers, but kind of a situation I, I'm excited to see in this offseason, how they try and restructure the offensive line, what guys they try and bring in on defense. Your offense is set at skill players. You know, Kenyon Drake and David Johnson, keep them both there. You've got enough young wide receivers. If Larry Fitz wants to come back, let him come back. You don't really have a stud tight end. But I think that the importance here is defense and offensive line uh, because Cliff and Kyler can make some magic together. And uh, I'm excited to see them in 20. There are a lot of teams I'm just like, this bottom half is just like, okay, I know this season is a wash, but let's see what we can do this offseason to to put you in a better position. Uh, The Cardinals, I've got at 22. At 21, the Cleveland Browns down three spots. Um, And that's more so just because I had a few teams jump them now. Uh... Look, beating Cincinnati, if you are if you can't beat Cincinnati, then you're just the New York Jets this year. Um, and so, you know, I'm not real excited about the Browns being able to do that. Um, and I've said it every week, they've got an easy second half of the schedule, so it'll make their record look way better than their team actually is. They've got problems with Odell potentially wanting out. Um, you know, Freddie Kitchens, you got a new head coach coming in next year most likely. A uh, whole lot of things that um, that the Browns need to fix kind of a just a mess of a season i know everyone's gonna look at the end of the year oh hey the browns went eight and eight they can make that next step to ten and six this is not a real eight and eight team this is one kind of feasting on their bad opponents and getting blown up by their good ones and so browns at 21 not impressed with them beating cincinnati hats off everyone beats cincinnati except the jets um let's see what you can do to finish off the year and then uh, hopefully build some momentum for 2020 at number 20 and up three spots I am so excited to talk about this team, the Denver Broncos. Has John Elway finally found his franchise quarterback? If you've listened to any of my work over the last year, I was pretty surprised that Drew Locke fell to the second round. Um, Look, I thought he was going to be picked by Denver in the first round. They were able to get him in the second. I didn't understand why. Uh, I thought he was a talented guy. He was my number two quarterback in this uh, draft class. And so, um, look, he, he torched a Houston defense. And you could say Houston maybe came in hungover from their win against the Patriots, but Drew Locke looked really, really good. And I, I like the key, the offensive playmakers. You got Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay at running back. Cortland Sutton is a number one wide receiver and going to be one of the better wide receivers over the next five to seven years. He's a very talented guy, makes some absurd catches. You've got Noah Fant. And then uh, on the defensive side, you got Vic Fangio, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb next year. And then you got to fix some guys up on the secondary. So. I think that this might finally be the guy for John Elway. Um, I think they nailed the pick with Drew Locke. Getting him that late as well, too, was was an impressive feat. Um, And and now they can hopefully enter the offseason feeling comfortable about quarterback, which is something you haven't been able to say since, you know, Peyton Manning's MVP-type seasons with them. So Broncos at 20, good win over Houston, just blowing them off the doors. And, uh, and yeah, um, exciting to, to... hopefully have a franchise quarterback up in Denver. 19 and up one spot, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at 6-7. and seven. It took a lot for them to to mount a comeback 
um, over the New York Giants on Monday night. And, uh, you know, while everyone looks at that team and thinks, hey, they're they're really bad and I've got them at 19, I think they're a bad football team. Six and seven, That's right now that's enough to be tied or just outside of the tie for, uh, for the NFC East and the fourth seed in the playoffs. So I don't know how it's going to break down. It's going to come down to that Week 16 matchup between the Cowboys and the Eagles. But, uh, man, w- with all the injuries, you know, I-, I feel bad for Philadelphia given the injuries and the collapse that they've seen offensively specifically. But um, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, maybe they can muster something together and, and, you know, maybe beat Dallas and head their way to the postseason. Who knows? And then at 18, I've got I've got the Cowboys right here. Uh, down two spots, losing to the Bears on Thursday night. Uh, still haven't beaten a team with a winning record. Uh, still just... God, you know, it's discipline, players wanting to play for a head coach. It doesn't seem like they really love Jason Garrett there. Dak is doing all he can. I know he stat padded in the fourth quarter a little bit, but he did all he could. Run game was still there a little bit. Um, Amari is there. Blake Jarwin is there. I mean, the the wide receiving core is is very good when you take in um, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb across the middle. It's a talented wide receiver wide receiving trio. I'm glad we're starting to see more Blake Jarwin than we are Jason Witten. Uh, but then the defense, I mean, I don't know. It was funny. Chris Richard, everyone was saying he might get some he I think he might have gotten some head coaching interviews uh, this past offseason. And then of course he comes out here and his defense makes makes Mitchell Trubisky look like Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't feel great about the Dallas Cowboys. I've been saying it for about six weeks now. They are a they're the best team in a bad division. And um, they're, you know, if, as long as they can win the NFC East, they are going to lose in the first round and then fire their head coach and hopefully uh, flip the script and get these offensive playmakers a head coach that'll that'll actually uh, be good at game management, clock management, discipline, things like that. I got the Cowboys at 18. Pains me to say it. I got the Indianapolis Colts at 17. Um, I had them originally down at 19, but I, I don't think that you could say that the Colts are any worse than the Cowboys and Eagles, especially if they were playing in the NFC East. Um, just a, a bad season for Indy. Unfortunate injuries everywhere. Hilton hasn't come back. You've got four wide receivers on the IR, missing key guys on defense. Just hasn't all happened at the same time. And, and look, they're a losing football season, or they're a losing football team. It's officially draft season. Um, part of me says, let's just go 6-10 and 10 for a higher pick. Part of me says go seven and nine because I took the over on six and a half wins at the beginning of the season. But either way, it it, it helps me out in some point. Uh, it gets me money if they win one more game. If they don't, it's better draft position. Um, but look, if the Colts can strike things right at quarterback this offseason, get a wide receiver as well too, and, and maybe a, a defensive tackle. Um, they've got three. I mean, they've got the Washington Redskins early second round pick, and if they got some early picks there too, if you can nail those three right there, you'll take a, a big step forward and hopefully come back in 2020. I keep saying it about a lot of teams at this point. It's we're at, we're at that point in the season where it's just, well, let's see what you do in the offseason and how you can uh, restructure yourself to be in a better position next year. I got the Cal- or the Colts at 17. Up five spots, I got the Chicago Bears 7-6, and six, the win over... Um, over the Cowboys, I guess, was a, was a good win for Mitchell Trubisky and company. It's not an impressive one. We know Dallas isn't a great football team. 
Um, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. It would still take a lot for that to happen. You need the Rams to start losing games, you know, the Vikings to start losing some games. Uh, but I still think that the Bears are just one of those teams that, look, I, I get Mitch looked great against the Cowboys. I would still, I'd still choose to move on from him. He's done well the last three weeks. I still just, I, I, I'd give up. And I know they don't have a first round pick, so it's going to be tough to give up. But maybe if you're, if, if the Jaguars want to move on from Nick Foles or the Panthers want to move on from Cam, just, just take a flyer on it, see what happens. You don't have to get Trubisky off the roster, but you can at least have another guy in there to give uh, your offense a second option that isn't Chase Daniel. So Bears, another team where it's just, okay, let's see how we address things in the offseason and come back swinging in 2020. I got the Bears right in the middle of the pack at 16. Down two spots to 15. I could probably start pushing them a little bit lower now just with how uh, quickly everything has come crashing. But I got the Oakland Raiders at 15. And uh, look, is Derek Carr the guy for John Gruden? I don't think it. I don't think so. But I don't know where the Raiders are going to necessarily go. They don't have their first round pick this year. They would have to take a flyer on some guys that would be available in free agency, the trade market. They could take a second round guy, um, you know, like a Jalen Hurts. I don't think they've got the upside or the potential or the just the arm talent that Derek Carr has. And not that Carr has been great, but I just don't think that the options are going to be there for for. Uh, John Gruden to really make a change, uh, but look, I I think, you know, they, they had that stretch where they pushed themselves into the playoff conversation, close to a wild card spot, since then a couple losses, they got doubled up on by Tennessee, um, look, the Raiders, I told you they're going to be my 2020 team, now they're leaving me a chance to really get behind them this offseason, and, and start all the propaganda for why I'm excited for them next year, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a... It's just not your year. You're going to be outside the playoffs and thought we had you for a little bit. Were they 6-3 and three at one point? Now they're 6-7. and seven. Have they dropped four straight? I'm not sure, but the Raiders down to 15 uh, in this power rankings. This one feels weird, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure why. Uh, here's, here's my thing with the power rankings that I look at. From 13 below, I think these teams are all bad. I think teams from 13 below are bad football teams. That's just how I'm viewing this season. I legitimately could say that between 12 and 1, those are the good teams. I think you get outside of 12, and we'll talk about 14 and 13, and then we'll get into my top 12. If, if you are below 12 right now, to me, you're a bad football team. But uh, just the way things shake out, I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 14 at 6 and 7. I've got them up five spots, a win over the Indianapolis Colts. They beat up on the Jaguars recently as well. Um... You know, Jameis Winston is is the most interesting quarterback to watch. He'll give you two, three turnovers, but he'll also lead the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. He's just, he's an enigma right now. He, he's playing some pretty weird football. Um, and and yeah, it's, it's a fun wide receiving core. Of course, we lose Mike Evans for the rest of the year, which is a bummer, especially if you have him in as many fantasy leagues as I do. Um, and yeah, the run defense is good. They limited the Colts and Marlon Mack's attack uh, this past week. Their secondary is bad, which is why Jacoby Brissett was able to push the ball down the field a couple of times. But um, all in all, I I like it. I think I think you know, and I've said it for a month now. I'm excited to see what quarterback they get this offseason instead of Jameis. I'm excited to see what that guy can do with with you know Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Bruce Arians. Um, could be could be a good team. I mean, God, they're they're almost a 500 football team. They could very well push that to a 9-7, and 10-6 year next season. 
Um, but for right now, Tampa Bay at 14. And my last bad team here at number 13, and right now they've got a wild card spot, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've got them up one spot. Uh, awful offense. I, I just I don't want to see this team in the playoffs. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. Don't want to watch them. I get it. It's fun with Duck Hodges. Yeah, you're getting Juju back. You're maybe getting James Conner back soon. I'm just not interested. Nothing's doing it for me. They almost lost to the Cardinals, and Kyler Murray had three turnovers and was sacked five times. And you almost lost to the Cardinals, the three 9-1 Cardinals. This is a bad football team beating up on some pretty easy opponents. They get to play Cleveland twice. They play Cincinnati you know, they've played teams like the Colts, uh, they've played the Chargers, they've just played bad teams all year. And um, and now they're here, 8-5, and five. maybe going to get that final wild card spot. It's going to be between them and Tennessee, it seems like, or them and Houston, whichever AFC South team doesn't uh, win the division. But man, I just don't want to watch this team in the playoffs. I got the Steelers at 13. Here's where we get into my teams that I'm okay with saying are good. And 12 is even a little bit of an exception because I just think they're good because of their quarterback. I got the Houston Texans down three spots to 12. They got blown out by the Denver Broncos. Uh, and, and we know Denver's not a good team this year. Um, they follow up a win over the Pats by losing losing real bad uh, to to uh, to the Denver Broncos. It's, it's a pretty rough look. If you can keep Deshaun Watson upright... He gives you a chance, um, and I only think he was sacked like three or four times. It could have been up toward that five range. I think from what I saw, it was around three or four. But Look, I think it's a bad defense. I don't think they've got a great running game. They've got a bad offensive line. They've got DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills. Not great tight end play, but it's Deshaun Watson, and he'll win you games sometimes by himself. This team, will, this team, I'm hoping, I would rather see them in the playoffs just because of Deshaun Watson than the Steelers, um, but I would definitely like to see this next team, who I've got at number 11, win the AFC South, and that is the Tennessee Titans, the red-hot Tennessee Titans. Um, their offense, they're scoring, I think it was a point per minute, and that, and that's by far the highest average uh, in the NFL. I think that's since Ryan Tannehill started taking over at quarterback. So not not those Mariota days, but Tennessee. I got them at eleven. They're eight and five. Um, a chance to take over the AFC South this week if they can beat the Texans. Tough schedule coming up. They play the Saints the week after that. They got the Texans one more time as well too. Um, so it's a pretty pretty tough way to close out the year. But um, hopefully they can stay around there and keep fighting and maybe take this division from Houston. They got a good defense. They're well coached. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback and deserving of being their guy uh, for the foreseeable future beyond 2019. Uh, I like AJ Brown. I think Corey Davis is a good number two. It seems like seems like Corey Davis is headed for that number two range where AJ Brown can take over as the number one. Derrick Henry is playing great great football between the tackles. Offensive line is is doing its job. It's okay, not great. But yeah, I really like the position Tennessee is in. It's not an easy schedule the rest of the way, but I think that they can handle it. Um, at least take these games against Houston and and maybe win the AFC South. But Titans at 11. Now into my top 10, and I realized that I probably didn't. Probably there's probably going to be one of my longer power ranking episodes, but we'll just keep chugging along. Number 10, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, look, they came out there and beat Detroit. I'm, you know, they dominated Detroit, so I'm not going to say they didn't look good. They look great. They they shut out a bad team. Um, but but watch out, the Rams are creeping. 
The Rams are creeping. They're only one game behind. You don't want to slip. You got games. You got divisional games against the Packers and the Bears coming up. Um, not to say that the Rams have an easy schedule, but watch out. I've been warning you for months. Beware of the collapse. I think we still got a chance to see it. Vikings uh, staying put at 10. I had them at 10 last week, but I'm still inside my top 10. Up two spots. Speaking about them, the Los Angeles Rams. This is where they get things starting to go. Um, they look great against Seattle, and I've said it a lot about Seattle before. I think that they are a fluke, fluke-type team um, where they've just been getting lucky week after week, and the Rams came out there. They, they threw the ball down their throats, um, really rammed it with uh, Todd Gurley. We saw a big game out of him as well, too, and I think Kyle, and Kyle Shanahan... Sean McVay finally has his gears turning in his head where I think he's clicking with his offense and his play calling. And uh, watch out. They can easily make this playoffs. Um, they've got a they've got another game coming up. Let me take a look at their, their rest of the schedule so I'm not lying to you guys. Um, the Rams' schedule the rest of the way is looking like they got the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. So you get two wins at least. And so that so say they go two and one. That would put them at 10 and 6 on the season. So you would need Minnesota to lose two more games. Or actually, I think, yeah, you would need them to lose two more games because they would have the tiebreaker over Minnesota. So it's going to take a lot. It's not an easy schedule. Maybe they could still steal that one from the uh, from the 49ers. Who knows? But I think they got things clicking right now, and I'd, I'd, I'd love to see them in the playoffs. I think they got, got a good shot. Rams at 9. Up one spot, and I know they beat them. Um, and I almost flipped them, but just because of their record right now and where they're standing and they're going to make the playoffs, I got the Seattle Seahawks at 8. I do move them down one spot from 7 last week, um, but Seahawks at 8. Russell Wilson, kind of like Deshaun Watson, just like Lamar Jackson, they win games for you by themselves. And yes, he wasn't able to do that against the Rams, and I did say that the luck would run out at some point, and maybe we started to see it. Um, we definitely saw it on Monday, or sorry, on Sunday, uh, Sunday night, but... Anywho, um, I think that this is a defense that has been playing better. I've been giving them credit in recent weeks, especially up front. Um, and, and yeah, they, they had a chance. They had a shot to come back in there and make it close. But uh, the Rams really controlled the time of possession, kept the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands. And, um, and yeah, this is still a good football team. Still a good football team. I think I predicted them around 9-7. and seven. They're probably going to finish somewhere around... I mean, God, it's crazy that they could be 12 and four, or 11 and five, and and be a wild card team. But um, Seahawks at eight, still, still, you know, I'm at the point where Minnesota and Seattle, all year I've said, wait for the collapse. For the Vikings, it was more Kirk Cousins collapse. For the Seahawks, it was they're just getting lucky breaks. Only one of them is has a real chance of losing the playoffs. And to me, it's the, <clears throat> to me, it's the Vikings, uh, just with. You know, the 10-3 and 3 showing that the Seahawks are already at. But, um, you know, Seattle's one of those teams, too. If you get into the playoffs, just be careful. Could be a short run, and especially, you know, against the likes of the Saints, the 49ers, the Packers, the Rams even, too. Uh, but Seahawks, got them at 8. Number 7. I was impressed with them in a loss. The Buffalo Bills, the 9-4 and 4 Buffalo Bills. Uh, losing by a touchdown to the Ravens. I thought they did a good job game planning against Lamar. They kept things close. They played physical football. We saw a big game from Devin Singletary, which I think is key to see a power run game be established and try and combat what the Ravens are doing on their own. Uh, Josh Allen didn't turn the ball over. Um, good football team. Good football team. Ravens had a lot of respect for them afterwards. That says what they think about the Bills. 
uh, they have a chance to win the division. They got New England coming up soon. If they can win out and and beat New England, uh, we could see a scenario where the Pats are are falling uh, into the wild card spot. But I got the Bills at seven, and uh, just when we we're talking about the Patriots, I got them at six, down two spots. Probably could have probably could have tossed them down lower. Um, and I I said the same thing last week. Last week I had them at four. I had the Chiefs at uh, six at the time. And I was like, well, I could go ahead and just put them behind if I think they're going to lose, but I put them ahead of the Chiefs at the time. But now we've got the uh, we've got the Patriots down to six. Concerned, definitely concerned. I think they allowed 88 points to Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Deshaun Watson, whereas in all of their other games they allowed 80 points. Well, unfortunately those other teams aren't going to be in the playoffs, and... You're going to have to see one or two of the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Texans. Uh, if you if you're able to make the postseason, you're going to have to see those teams. And um, look, they don't have a great front seven. Secondary is still great, uh, but it really is hinging on their offense, not having connection with the wide receivers. Brady's not playing his best. There's no run game at all, and that happens when you miss, you know, David Andrews. It happens when you miss D- James Devlin. When Sony Michelle doesn't take the leap from year one to year two, they're just problems on offense. Um, and, and maybe they can get their groove going against Cincinnati. Um, it, I, I'm expecting the Patriots if they don't come out there and just flat out dominate for full for a full 60 minutes, then I would start to be really panicked and say, okay, Buffalo, Tennessee, watch out for those teams. They could beat New England as well too. Um, but if they don't, if, if they come out and dominate, I'm like, okay, I'm comfortable with saying that they can still find their mojo in time. But um, yeah, they, they really got to take care of business this weekend to to regain some confidence in them heading into January. But I've got the Patriots now at six. Into my top five, and at five, I got the Kansas City Chiefs up one spot from six. I really wasn't left. Uh, loving the Chiefs all that much in that game against New England. They had the early halftime lead, only able to put up three points in the second half. Um, I still think they've got, you know, playmakers. If you just throw out names, I've got, I think they've got one of the more talented rosters in football when you take, even under the defensive side, Tyra Matthew, you know, Chris Jones, Brashad Breeland had a really good game uh, this past week. There are just a lot of names out there. Mahomes, of course, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman. There are a ton of names to throw out there, um, but they're just not. It doesn't look. It doesn't look as great as last year, and and that happens when you, you know, they they had to move some pieces around on defense. They didn't have a great cap structure. They had to switch defensive coordinators as well too. Um, they're a good team. I just if if right now I'd say. I'm probably in the mindset that if they saw New England again, I think New England would still beat them. Um, I still think Baltimore would beat them. Now, I'd, I'd give the Chiefs the advantage over the Bills, uh, over the Texans, and the Titans. Definitely the Steelers as well, too. But um, I think come playoff time, I would say that they're probably number three on my list in the AFC behind Baltimore and New England. But for now, after the win over the Patriots, I got them at five. Number four and only down one spot. Uh this is a team that lost, and I and just like the Bills, that I was impressed with their win. The New Orleans Saints, I got it four. They're now ten and three, just outside of that first round bye when the playoff time comes around. But um, I was, I'm really impressed with the Saints. I, I was wondering how consistently we could see the Saints rattle off 35 plus points 
And uh, in a game where you're playing a very good defense, a good 49ers defense, they put up 40-plus. Drew Brees was slinging the thing around. Um, and, and you know, I, I've been a critic. I, I'm not the highest on Drew Brees. I am not the highest on Michael Thomas. I'm still not. But um, I, I'm still just as high on Sean Payton. And I, I think that he has done a lot for this offense. Um, and he did a lot this past week to beat up on a not a bad secondary, but not a great one. Uh, they were able to handle the pressure of the front seven. They unfortunately couldn't get anything going on the ground, of course, but I was impressed by the Saints being able to put up that many points against a team as good as the 49ers. Uh, makes me feel a little bit more comfortable about them heading into the postseason. I've got them up one spot uh, to number four. At number three, and actually, let's let's just say my top three are still the same uh, this time around. I've got the Green Bay Packers at three, sitting at 10-3 and three on the season. A little worried little worried. They didn't look great against Washington. They haven't really been playing their A game over the last three or four weeks, but come playoff time when it's time to turn things around, I think Aaron Rodgers uh, will start slinging that thing around and, and will uh, and can really carry this team. I don't think they're doing a whole lot on offense to try and... I think they're really holding the playbook and kind of limiting it. They're going to just win time of possession, ground game, and then when playoff time comes around, I think we're going to start to see them really open things up, and I, I think that... Um, to me, they're still. I, I'm sticking with them. They were my preseason Super Bowl pick out of the NFC. I haven't seen enough to say that that I can't. I don't think that it's that separate between them and the 49ers, them and the Saints, where I say that I should give up on that. And I think that the Packers right now are just kind of waiting. They're kind of just coasting through the regular season. When playoff time comes, I think they're gonna they're gonna flip the switch. Um, I got them at three, staying put from where they were at last week. Number two. Uh, staying at number two as well, the San Francisco 49ers, huge, huge win uh, after that that devastating loss to the uh, Ravens a week before, coming back out and and uh, putting up uh, 48 points on the New Orleans Saints, which also, good front seven, not a great secondary. Both their defenses are kind of similar. I think the 49ers front seven is definitely better, um, and you could say that you know the, the uh, 49ers don't have a cornerback like Marshawn Lattimore, um, but... Anyways, really impressed with their offense as well. George Kittle is a monster. This was a big game for Jimmy Garoppolo to also go out there. Um, not not a not not a hater. I, I wasn't as down on Garoppolo as much as I was on Breeze, but he he showed a lot in this game, being able to push the ball down the field, find his receivers. He's got a groove with Emmanuel Sanders right now. Debo Samuel is a rookie that has come alive in the last six weeks. George Kittle went healthy, and maybe he's not even at 100% yet, but he looked great. And then you've got the, the trio of running backs in Mostert, Coleman, and Breida. Uh, this is a team that is playing great on all sides uh, of, of the football. And and Kyle Shanahan is well-deserving, I think. I think if we can get to the point, say they win out or say they finish 13-3, and three, I mean, Kyle Shanahan to turn things around from where they were picking number two. They had the second overall pick last year. They could be in a position where they finish with the best record uh, in all of football. Hats off to what they were able to do this offseason to turn things around. I got the 49ers still at two. And then we'll finish it off with the hottest team in football. The best team in football, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, the Bills hung around there. I thought the Bills would hang around there. I took them plus six and a half. And, of course, uh, it was a seven-point game. But... Um, this was one of those things. I said it could be a, a kind of a trap game for Baltimore. You're going into a very hostile environment um, and and against a team that isn't bad, uh, but you're definitely the superior team. Could have been a little letdown, especially after playing some really tough opponents the weeks before, uh, but they handled it well. 
Um, John Harbaugh is doing a great job as a coach as well, too. Greg Roman, great offensive coordinator there for them. Lamar playing lights out, uh, made Matt Milano just fall completely on his ass, juked him out. Um, and, and yeah, the, the Ravens are just playing playing the best football in the league right now, and there's no chance to believe that they aren't the, the king of the crop through week, uh, through week 14. And so, yeah, that'll wrap things up right around that 45-minute mark. So this is one of our longer episodes, I guess. But um, thank you all so much for listening. Reach out to me. Let me know what you don't like about my power rankings. Let's talk about it. Uh, if, if I've got my top 10 a little bit too mixed up, if I've got my bottom part a little too mixed up, let me know. Let's 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 chat. Let's let's debate. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just continue on through this week. Thursday, some league-wide topics. Friday, we'll go out with our gambling for week 15. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be back doing things. I'm still dealing with a little bit of this uh, food poisoning stomach bug thing I've got. It feels like shit, but uh, not, not as painful as it was on Sunday. But um, just a couple other notes before I leave. Follow me over on Twitter at BlakeAndrewPace for all of my online content. Going to start beefing that up as we get into the offseason. A lot of draft stuff to take a look at, too. Uh, as much as I love the regular season of football, the offseason, where I can dive into these college athletes and take a look at uh, scouting and things like that, that's where I really thrive. So I'm going to enjoy um, just what I'm able to do between now the end of the season and draft season so uh, make sure to follow me over for that make sure to subscribe to the show leave a review leave a comment five star rating Um, I appreciate all of your feedback Uh, we'll get some guests coming up here uh, shortly but um, until then you're listening to quick hits my name is Blake Pace and we will see you tomorrow